Welcome back, good humans, to the Wild Commonwealth Podcast. I want to let you know a few things. First of all, we're going to set a new uh, release goal for the first Monday of every month. So far, so good. Um, I'm planning some episodes with experts in wildlife and plants that are going to take a little bit more coordination than they have in the past. And of course, COVID complicates everything. So I figured I would just give myself plenty of time and and build some space into the system for the emergencies that come up. And, you know, to set more realistic expectations, I feel like it's it's good. Today, we are going to be talking once again with your favorite and mine, uh, the Reverend Lee Payne Jr., about sort of his year in review, things that he's seen, um, some concerns that we have about what's happening in Jefferson County in terms of development. Um, in the meantime... Do go follow us on Wild Commonwealth Podcast on Instagram. Hopefully we'll be able to be in a place soon where we'll be able to do some giveaways, and that's going to happen exclusively on Instagram, so be sure you're following along. Before we begin the episode, I want to reinforce the fact that Lee is a wildlife professional. He works closely with Fish and Wildlife and has done his own training and work to be able to do the things that he does. Now, we don't encourage people to seek out experiences, intimate experiences with um, wild animals, the level that Lee sometimes stumbles into. Um, We want to keep the wilderness wild. The best thing you can do for animals in our county is to speak up about things like land development codes, um, go to the public meetings, get involved in how the land is being used because As someone said the other day, and it highly amused me, God ain't making no more land, which means that we need to protect what we have and and find a way to dial back the sort of of out-of-control growth that seems to be happening in our county. I am concerned, Um, and, and this is, you know, a real conversation for future episodes, but keep in mind as we move through 2021 that a lot of things are happening to our ecosystem in Jefferson County that are people are just sort of getting away with because we're all distracted by elections and politics and, and COVID and generally trying to make it. Um, we need to find a way to pull this to the front of our mind and remember that we cannot eat money, as the saying goes. Um, even though some people seem determined to keep trying that, uh, we need to protect the ecosystems that we have in place. Well, we always have technical difficulties. This With is true, but we for... always figure it out, too. We do. We do. <laughs> <laughs> Just like when we was doing the program at oh the my Nature gosh. Center. <laughs> yeah. And it was simple. Take off the lens. <laughs> You'd think two photographers would know to take off the <laughs> I'm jotting all this down. This is going to be a normal thing with us. I swear it is. I'm telling you. It's fun, though. Hi, welcome back. Welcome, welcome. Glad to be back. So let's talk about what your um, wildlife viewing year has been with the lens that we're not going to mention specific locations because we we don't want them to get disturbed, right? So we're going to talk about where they were. Um, just to let people know they're here, but also to protect them from being over, over loved. You know what I mean? Yes. Yes. 
Well, thank you so much, Aaron. Uh, I always love being on your show. Uh, I love wildlife, which you can understand, which you can see. And uh, this year has been amazing for me personally. Um, I have seen animals that I've always wanted to see that I've never seen before. And it always amazes me because, you know, folks often ask me once I find one kind of animal, a bird, a species, you know, Lee, what's the next animal? What's next? And I always tell them that is the same question that I ask myself is what's next. Because almost every month and year, there's there's a new kind of animal that shows up in my life. And um, this year uh, will probably definitely be the otter. Uh, I've once seen one otter out looking for screech owls. And all of a sudden, there's this otter with a little baby that, uh, that it had with it at a creek. And... Um, I was able to get a few shots and pictures. And then uh, me and a good friend of mine, Brenda, as we was looking for those owls, we go back to look for an otter. And me and her and other friends was talking and said, you know, Lee, you just you don't wake up in the morning and just go look for otters. (laughs) (laughs) And you do. I I would. (laughs) And Aaron, I'll tell you. I would wake up and go to the creeks looking for otters. And let me tell you, I have never found another otter again. I looked all her and I said, that, well, y'all must be right. You know, we sit at the at a, um, Starbucks and coffee shops and talk about this stuff. And we just laugh. And I said, yeah, you don't go looking for otters every day because <laughs> you can't find them. They they yeah. actually find you. And then all sure. of a sudden, I mean, um, this last week, now um, I have a family of otters that I'm starting to see regularly now. It's four of them all together. And uh, I just believe that that otter that I saw with that baby at that creek brought his whole family to where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> so that was, that. it has been amazing. These otters are, are gorgeous. Um, the city of Louisville, we uh, actually got a visitor that shouldn't be in our area in um, at one of our parks. And it's a, a white face ibis, which wow. is just amazing. I mean, I, w- I had it on my list to travel to, um, um, I think I was going to go to Florida or Arizona or somewhere like that to go see this bird because it doesn't come this direction at all. Nowhere on the map that has ever been reported in the state of Kentucky. And it's grateful that uh, Louisville got that species on paper in our in our wonderful city. That was beautiful. How, what do they think brought it here? Oh my God, uh, it's just that the day we uh, we all find it. Someone seen it first and put out an uh, email alert about this bird because they didn't really know what it was. So me and others start showing up to to see this beautiful bird. And it was like a, you would think there was a movie star in town because uh, (laughs) everybody in Kentucky was there with cameras, uh, video lenses and and camcorders and you name it. I mean, 
people at the park was just like, what is going on? What has happened? And, you know, we all talking about this beautiful bird that has came here. And um, I believe it only stayed for like two days. And, uh, mm-hmm. and it's, it, it's finally gone. And uh, that really made the show for Kentucky, which for all of us is great to have that species reported in our, in our, in our state for the first time. Uh, not on that, recently we have a new one here, another species that has came to uh, our wonderful city, which is a, a western grebe. The western grebe doesn't come to uh, our area at all, and we have the first one of them reported here. Uh, <laughs> so all this year alone, we have got Kentucky has got reported lots of species of birds that's never been reported in our state before, which is very great for us. What is, what is making them go off of their normal course? You know, um, all of us big headed and, um, book scholars and uh, PhDs (laughs) and MDs and everything in front and behind your name, try to figure these things out and I was talking to a lot of professional people about the same question you just asked me, and and everybody is saying this, and maybe because of the hurricanes, and maybe because of, of this, and and um, I simply said, birds fly; <laughs> they can go wherever they want to go, <laughs> and everybody laughed at me. You hear me? I always do that a lot. People just mm-hmm. laugh at me. But it's just is birds have wings and they fly and I feel they like us, you know, they may want to take a vacation. They may want to go somewhere they've never been before and they can fly wherever they want to go. And so um, they come, they fly creatures, in and they leave. Creatures of agency. Yes. Yes. Well, how humbling for us to think we know. And then <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling, um, another species first time is the. The burled owl, which the closest place to see it is in Arizona. I think Florida may have some. Um, those are the ones that burrow under the ground, and they kind of mm-hmm. small, and they come up and lift their little heads and stuff up. We had one uh, in Orangeboro. I'm sorry. Oh. No, Bowling Green. That was in Bowling Green. And I speak of Orangeboro now because uh, right now... They have uh, one of our beautiful snowy owls have show up, which mm-hmm. is very rare. They do show up. They've showed up many a times here in Louisville, uh, Lexington. They have, they show up and make their presence. And right now, Owensboro at the airport out there, um, they had one there, but I think he's gone already. But they fly through and they come and go. So. I've heard several accounts of them going specifically to airports. What is it about <clears throat> airports that is so appealing to them? You are 100% right. Um, they've been to our airports here at, at, in Louisville, even in Lexington. Um, I believe it, the airport with all the lights, it's like an open field. And from above, it looks to me, I think they think it's like the Arctic, like being in Alaska mm-hmm. Uh, cold, very cold parts of Canada and that flat ground and the wind terminate and stuff. They they love airports and they love sitting on those uh, 
those signs with the numbers and stuff on them out there on the airport. I don't know what those mean, <laughs> but uh, they love to sit on those all the time. I mean, I've looked at all the different sightings and stuff here in in Lexington and in Louisville, and uh, lots of them have been seen at the airports. But they yeah. do love their airports. <clears throat> but we have, uh, this year I got to see a lot of warblers that I've never been able to see. A lot of sparrows uh, that I've never mm-hmm. seen. Everybody knows me as the owl whisperer and know I like raptors. <laughs> and um, mm-hmm. I kind of got into, I, I've always loved all the birds, but I never really made a big effort to see certain ones. But um, I finally got to see a lot of the little guys. Uh, I love all the winter birds that come, uh, the winter wren. That's one that is beautiful and gorgeous to see during the winter time. <clears throat> uh, uh, one of my favorite sparrows, you know, I tell everybody laughs at me because they know I like raptors. I said, I have a favorite sparrow and I have a favorite, favorite warbler. Um, mm-hmm. The fox sparrow. I love the fox sparrows. The fox oh, sparrows are so beautiful. Pretty. Gosh, that's my favorite sparrow. And my favorite um, wren, I'm sorry, my favorite uh, warbler, I have not seen in person, just on pictures and photos, and that's the Canada, Canada warbler, and he's beautiful, gosh, gorgeous little bird. <clears throat> uh, you and I actually got to hang out, which is a rarity during this 2020 that I get to hang out with <laughs> someone. Um, we did an owl prowl together, and that was so... <clears throat> Wonderful. I actually did an episode about it, but um, you did another one uh, that I wasn't able to attend. Were you stinkers actually saw all three of the species? Oh my God. Yes. <laughs> that we were looking for. <laughs> that was, uh, you know, I get so much joy when definitely kids and um, grownups and people get to see an owl for the first time. I mm-hmm. love their reaction when they physically get to see one and, and not just see one from afar, even up close. I mean, to an owl, um, the kids was just amazed. I mean, and when they get so excited and, and happy and mama, this is really an owl and their eyes are mm-hmm. so big and I get chills. Like I get excited all over, even though I've seen these owls a thousand times still get the same reaction as that child seeing it when it's their first time and uh mm-hmm. that day <clears throat> we was able to see all three and it, they was just so amazed by the screech owl how the screech owl was just so up close and personal with the little screech and to physically <laughs> see one up close like that and when they get to see what they've been looking at in books and in pictures and they physically get to see yeah. it for the first time and even hear them they got to hear all of their sounds done um, right in front of them. That was just amazing. That was an amazing night. I mean, we all, we just, at the end, we screamed, cheered, uh, um, <laughs> by the cars, talking about all this, and people didn't even want to leave. I mean, we wanted to stay there all night and just talk about everything we, we saw that night. It was a, it was a wonderful day. The owls, I Isn't it, I got to take my head off to them. I clapped for them. They all uh, participated and, <laughs> and did what they needed to do. <laughs> That's so funny. Yeah, they don't always. They don't. <laughs> <laughs> oh. What has been so, we've talked about 
what's been wonderful. What was challenging for you this year? And maybe not bird related mm-hmm. necessarily, but yes. Okay. Um, well, one of my challenges uh, has been challenging for me is uh, my foxes. Uh, you know, we have a set of foxes and um, named Cotton and Snow. They red foxes. And mm-hmm. uh, she, the year before last, she had seven kids. That's what their babies are called, kids. And um, as they, some look like her, some look like the the father. And the only way that I can tell them apart is by the tips of their tails. Um, they even have a big cotton ball, white cotton ball at the tip of their tail, all a little one. But all of them had different tips on their tail, and only one of them had the same identity as the father, cotton. The same mm-hmm. type of cotton ball, same length, everything was just right on. And I said, oh my gosh, when he, when he gets bigger, I'm, ain't no way I'm going to be able to tell him apart from the father. Me and Snow have a really good relationship together. So recently, the the beginning of this year, they they wanted to mate, but the babies, two of them wouldn't leave. So she kept trying to fight them off. And then what ended up happening, mm-hmm. Snow and Cotton just left. So I don't know if they left for a while oh. to to make the the babies leave so they can come back and make a new litter. But I'm keeping my fingers crossed this year because they kind of disappeared for a while and just the babies was coming. But now recently... Go ahead. <laughs> I do want to remind everyone that these are not Lee's personal foxes. <laughs> these are <laughs> these are animals that he sees when he's at work. <laughs> yes. Just for context, if you haven't listened before in his job, Lee co- does come in contact with a lot of urban wildlife, but he does not <laughs> in any way violate federal law by possessing yes, that. Yes. Oh, uh, you would with with snow, you would think it's a pet of mine, but it is wild. And um she even knows her names. Uh lots of times she'll come on command. And um it's just amazing how me and these animals we, we become friends. I mean they, they sense something in you and that story alone of snow is just that is a story all to itself. And um <laughs> But, and it's been very challenging because I, I can't get them during the day where I can get a picture and things like I usually always do. I'll, you know, she always follows me mm-hmm. around and looks for my car and things. And, you know, I kind of was saying to myself, you know, maybe because I got a new automobile, I got some new uh, vehicles and stuff. <laughs> she doesn't ride, like any ride. She doesn't know me anymore. But, you know, I'm keeping my fingers crossed. Um I believe Cotton and Snow are both back. Um, I, um, some of my cameras and stuff I got throughout the property uh, for the last two weeks now. They've been constantly coming, and it's two of them. But uh, I, I, I'm about nine. I'm about ninety-five percent sure one of them is Snow, but the the male Cotton. I just don't know if it's actually Cotton or the one that the baby that looks like him. So I'm trying to figure that out. Uh, starting to come out during the day. And uh, 
I think they're getting ready to use one of their old dens uh, to have their new litter, which I'm I'm trying to keep my fingers crossed. It's been mm-hmm. it's been quite challenging. It's been quite challenging. Another challenge this year that that's been hard for me that I haven't well I haven't been able to achieve it here. Well, this year. Well, last year. <laughs> I'm trying to get, I get my year into this, the beginning of this year. Yeah, yeah I got to get them all together is the baby screech owls. Um, mm-hmm. The year before last, I was able to get some good ones of the baby uh, screech owl photos and stuff. But this year has been quite rough, uh, challenging. Um I I don't I don't know, you know, I I was I study these owls a lot. Like I know their homes, uh, their habitats, mm-hmm. uh, the nesting locations, so I keep a very close eye on everything. I make sure the numbers are are still up, nothing's wrong. I can identify certain ones that I know are the same and they're not new. Some uh some of them may have one eye, one may have one eye on the left, but I I know exactly which ones are which and when new ones come and appear. And I just was unable to get any sightings of their offsprings. And, um, but I was able to get one, but that wasn't here. That was in Frankfurt. Um, I do go all over our wonderful state, traveling around looking for owls and a species of birds. Um, even in Oldham County, I go out there to go see. Uh, there's two beautiful uh, harrier hawks, uh, which are mm, oh those my are gosh, beautiful. They fly along the ground mm-hmm. like that. Um, the um, the short-eared owl does the same thing they do. How they hover and fly over the land mm-hmm. and swipe down, trying to catch little mice and stuff. And those harriers are just beautiful. I mean. There's a spot in Odom County. You can just you don't even have to get out of your car. You just you just you just stop and pull over and just look at them. And they fly and they come right in front of you and they chasing each other and they playing and I mean, gosh. Okay, listen, <laughs> Lee. Listen. Yes. They come over right in front of you. Okay. <laughs> we know by now. You know, I really do would love to have a camera attached to me. And uh, you know, they have a thing called a GoPro where you could just have <laughs> a camera for our benefit attached to yes. you all the time. Um, you know, it's funny, you're talking about um, seeing something a lot and then not seeing yes. it at all, and how that's really frustrating. There was um, a season right after I got divorced, I saw owls all yes. the time without trying and it's like I saw them when I needed to see them and when I needed encouragement um and then the spring and summer and they haven't I used to see them outside my house I would hear them and go outside in the middle of the night and they would be just out like right in front of my house or on top of my house they would be everywhere I would go or waiting for me when I would come home there's a there's a light post at the Mm -hmm. end of my driveway and one night I just was having a really a really hard time and I, I was like man I could really use a little encouragement yes. right now and I was driving down my street and I pulled into my driveway and there's this barred owl sitting <laughs> just waiting for me and it it sat and it watched me get out of my car and then it went on its way <laughs> like okay you're good now continue you're gonna be fine oh my gosh. 
it is. And then the next year I was like ready to see them and they weren't around, but also I was in a really different chapter of life. And like, I know I'm not that egocentric. Like I know that wildlife does not circulate around <laughs> my emotional state. Like, I get it. But it's really funny how that, how that happens. And it's hard to know, like, is my, is our chapter of life being influenced by what we're seeing or like, is it the other way around? And I, yes. that's part of the magic of it for me and, and why I work to try to protect our wildlife and our natural places in Jefferson yes. County, because you, it, nature works in our lives in ways that we cannot expect or control, but desperately need. And it, I want people part of the reason that we have these conversations and, and I think probably the foundation of our friendship is understanding the, that place and people and wanting folks to have access to that across the board. I think it's yes, really important. Yes. I agree with you. I agree with you. You know, I get saddened a lot because there's so much of their habitat being destroyed and so many mm-hmm. buildings and things put up in place. It's destroying uh, the animals, the witches, forcing them to live among us and to get closer to us where they normally wouldn't be due to their habitat getting destroyed. Just definitely here in Jefferson County alone. And I mean, I can tell you so many places that I used to go to go walk through woods to see <clears throat> owls when I was little. And I mean, we're talking like uh, 1996 uh, and in the 90s. <clears throat> those areas I still drive by and I get sad because you know when I was a kid I used to walk through this que- these creeks and look for stuff and mm-hmm. um, there was a set of snowy owls that was there every year and it's usually they I usually saw them in January because I always knew my birthday was coming up and, uh, and I'm an Aquarius and birthday's in January and uh, all of a sudden, those woods was destroyed, and they built a, mm. a company there now. Just completely wiped out all those woods, and only so, if they knew what was there, wanna... you know, what lived there, what was using yeah. it, you know. Now y'all come and destroy all those woods, and now all those animals are gone now. I just want to say, I. I try to be diplomatic, but I'm mm-hmm. over it now. If you are, if you're putting up a new development, if you're knocking down, you're just being lazy <laughs> at this point. Like there's so much, there's so many unused buildings in Jefferson County that you're just not thinking creatively enough. I have really little to no respect for people. My parents live out um, off Taylorsville Road, and they just someone just bought um, the property that. Um, Tower View Farm is on and they're putting up they tore the house down which wasn't in great shape I totally get that but like they're clearing that entire spot and putting up as far as I can tell like patio homes for what because there's patio homes across the street like what do we what do we need this for I don't understand I just I'm really disappointed that we're not thinking more creatively about vacant buildings um, that we really feel like we need these yes. homes. Like, I would love to, if you're a developer listening to this and you are having your feelings hurt, do email me so that we can talk about this because I think that there is space for developers who want to think more creatively about how land is being mm-hmm. used. 
Um, and that if you, you know, I understand that you make your living by building things. I'm sure you have more adaptable skills that we can be. Yes. Yes. <laughs> using and, or at least adopting some practices that don't completely decimate the watershed because guess what? You need yes. water. We yes. need water too. You know, um, it's, it's not a closed system. Everything is connected. And I don't, I don't think it's as unreasonable to expect our city to give a little bit more care to how this is happening, mm -hmm. um, which, you know, in my work at the conservation district, we try to have open lines of dialogue with people, but it does get really, really frustrating um, because money talks so much louder than mm -hmm. anything else, mm -hmm. but you can't, you can't breathe money. You can't eat money. Yeah. Right. So it just seems like short Wait, thinking. I'm, I'm, I'm with you. I'm with you. <laughs> <laughs> um, what do you? What are your hopes for um, 2021 in terms of wildlife and um, in terms of movements maybe towards protecting species and bringing some awareness? Yes. Um, I'm definitely wanting to for 20. 21 to get folks to know more about wildlife and nature and for us to protect them. I mean, uh, they do need our help to be protected. And uh, I want these, um, all these different birds and species and animals to survive and, and do their thing. And, and, And most of all, I, I want to educate. I love educating people about owls. And mm -hmm. um, mm -hmm. um, I'm already in the process of trying to get some owl boxes and things up, which is a great thing people can do for uh, screech owls and barred owls and barn owls, mm -hmm. you know, trying to help them out, find locations because habitats has been destroyed. It's, and things, you know, a lot of our, definitely with our owls in Jefferson County, you know, we, we are not short on owls at all. I mean, I've been taking documentation for many years and lots and lots of owlets have been born every year. So they have to fly and team up and um, find mates in new locations to uh, to raise their offspring. And I mean, these things are multiplying to me by the hundreds, you know, a lot of, um, mm -hmm. gosh, I know well over 35 couples, mates of owls that are mating every year. And all of them are having from three to four owlets a year. And um, definitely the barred owl family population for the barn owls are just amazes me i mean they are really producing and um you know I sometimes you know i i hear uh, someone tell me if there's any that's dead or and uh, this year alone i have intervened to save probably about seven seven raptors this year i think maybe about five mm -hmm. owls and then some hawks, and I usually take them to uh, Raptor Rehab and 
uh, Raptor Rehab here right. does wonderful programs and stuff for kids and for the public, which I like them very much. Raptor Rehab is very good. They all know me on the first name basis. I mean, I'm always calling after clothes or something, and I got this great horn owl that's injured. I got a hog that's got a broken wing, and and just mm. educating people things that we can do to help all these animals and let them strive and their numbers come back. Definitely with the otters. The otters, because uh, I think it was Fish and Wildlife that started trying to get them to come back many years ago, which has been a success, been so successful with the otters. Um, when does spring migration start? When are they going to, when are our spring and summer birds going to start moving back towards us? That should be in uh, April, May. I think around April and May. That's just about, uh, Let's see, all of the baby owls will be showing up. The bards and the the bards and great horn owl babies will be showing up in the beginning of uh April. Usually around uh I I usually start seeing the them off the nest and the ba- the eggs has hatched uh, between April fifteenth and April twentieth is usually when I see them start. Cool popping out that's a very specific yeah, so window I got it pretty <laughs> pretty pretty good down yeah <clears throat> usually the great horns will start hatching first before the barred outs and then they'll start fledging uh mostly towards the end of april beginning of may i do want to point out to people that the lee knows all of this because he watches carefully he doesn't have to go rooting around in nest and jumping all over <laughs> things he just has to watch like we and and i think that if 2020 taught us anything it's that sometimes all we can do is watch and and hope um but you also have <clears throat> educated yourself on how to intervene when it needs to happen yes. and i think in the in the spring that's we're going to do some classes on that because sometimes the animals don't need us to do anything, but get out of the way and knowing, knowing where that line is, is really important. Um, Before you intervene with an animal, call someone who knows what they're doing. Um, There are so many wildlife rehabilitation places that will answer your question. Um, But like, there's just some basic stuff. Like just because you see a baby bird on the ground doesn't mean it's been abandoned by its parents. They go through an awkward middle schooler phase where they're trying to figure things out. And sometimes they get into a situation where they can't get back in their nest. Their parents are still there watching them, feeding them, protecting them. Just go away. <laughs> go away. Aaron, you are so right. Um, you are so right when you say just just watch. I mean, um, yeah. there's days I just, I just go and I just sit. I don't, I don't even do anything. I just sit on a, on a limb or a log. On the ground, I'll just sit and I'll just watch. I mean, it may be two or three hours, but you'll get to see them do their natural thing just by watching. And they, they can care less that you're there. You're just sitting there quietly and just watching and observing mm-hmm. and seeing what they do and how they do. You know, that's Watch it. and shut up. Those <laughs> are the two. <laughs> just sit 
watch and see what happens. Um, I've noticed too that the capacity to sit quietly also works really well in your relationships with people. Oh, yes. So perhaps this is an entire <laughs> you tying everything together <laughs> skill set that we could establish in 2021 for ourselves. Oh, patience, patience, patience! Mm-hmm. I tell you, um, my boss, uh, the president of uh, Cave Hill, Miss Gwen Mooney, she said to me when I start finding off, she says, "Lee, you have that it factor." These animals seek you mm-hmm. out. They find you. She says, you know where everyone is, where they at, and they just follow you around. And I told her that's been going on all my life. <laughs> all mm-hmm. my life has been that way with animals. And uh, I love them. I mean, they're beautiful creatures. We can learn so much from them. Even with uh, compassion and, and love. I mean, if you told me which one was the most which owl shows the most affection would be the barred owl. I mean, they, when Mm -hmm. they pair up the love that they show with each other, I mean, they will literally perch right beside each other, touching each other and just kissing all on each other, licking, pulling each other's feathers (laughs) and grooming each other and, just the love that they show right there. I was like, oh my gosh. You know, sometimes you think it's going to get X-rated. (laughs) (laughs) But Oh my gosh. I mean, I got so many photos and videos of just how affectionate they are. I mean, those barred owls are affectionate. I'm telling you. That was the first owl that I ever identified in the wild. I was at, I was actually sitting on a hillside at Cherokee yes. watching bats because I love bats too. And um, I kept hearing it down by the creek. So I feel like, I don't think you can drive there anymore since they changed kind of the flow of traffic in the park. Um, but there's this hillside that comes down pretty steeply. And then there's the road where it crosses and then the creek continues on. And I was like, what on earth is that? Like, I'd never heard it before. And I went home and like figured out what it wasn't. I just, it floored me. But my kids and I, the, I'll pull up the um, the Merlin burning app on my phone if we're ever stuck in traffic and everyone is like a little grouchy and I'll play um, over the car speakers, the uh, barred owls caterwauling yes. with each other. Um, and it, I understand that it is a sign of like connection and affection between those two birds, but it also sounds so ridiculous yes <laughs> sometimes that my kids will just start laughing <laughs> um and it's so that it's that nice nice mix between like <laughs> bir- when birds really like each other they sound kind of like idiots just like people <laughs> yes well um and that and that same recording i guess was licensed <laughs> to um a zoo where we, <laughs> a zoo yes. where we were and my kids were walking along and then all of a sudden they heard that sound and they just started laughing. I was like, yes, it's everywhere. <laughs> um, I think it was meant to create a specific mood in this like play area that we were in, in this zoo, but it ended up just being hilarious because of the association. That mm, my God, that's all right. That's so funny. Things we can learn. Oh, we, and you know, we did have um, a good year for Jefferson County for the, uh, the Northern Sawwet Owl. That that we have yeah. good numbers this year for them uh, as they migrated through here. 
very good numbers. I can't remember the totals of uh, how many we banded this year, but uh, I think it was like I don't even want to throw a number. I don't want to be wrong, but very good. Very yeah, it's okay to <laughs> very, be wrong. Very very good numbers this year for them. So they are doing very good in breeding. You know, the only thing that has been low, and I've been talking to the whole bird community, are our um, hummingbirds. The ruby, the ruby mm, throated, yeah, throated hummingbird throated. Uh, mm. that has been low. It started last year. I don't know if it's with that drought that we had and all the the hot summer yeah. we had, if that affected them. Uh, we do a lot of planting, a lot of plants and stuff that they like, and honeysuckles and things of that nature that draws them. We have a lot of uh, hummingbird feeders, and so. Um, for the first three or four years, guys, we had hundreds of hummingbirds definitely out Cave Hill. And I knew where they all nest, and you could see their little bitty nests and stuff in the trees. And and then the last two mm-hmm. years, they just went down. And I, we don't know really what is causing the, the low numbers of them. So but their numbers have been very low this year alone, just out at my area. I've, I've only seen two, uh, but I've traveled around. Jefferson County looking for some of them. There are the few spots I've, I've seen the most, but it's been pretty, pretty low this year. Really low. I love that you've driven around an entire county looking for <laughs> a bird that you could fit like seven of them in your hands. I actually really appreciate that about you. I had, um, when I, my most magical hummingbird experience, I've had a few, but um, my most magical um was I was actually in, I was standing on my front porch at my old house in active labor with my third child being like uh this is the not fun part of kids right as a woman um and a hummingbird came right up like to my to my chest and like then hovered like right in my face like five inches away from me and was there for probably 15 or 20 seconds and I was like oh my gosh hello what is happening and it was one of those juxtapositions of like joy and literal pain that it's it it meant like just stays etched in my mind as just like what did how did this happen I don't understand um but thank you um it's really early in the morning when we're recording this and I'm always so thankful for your time will you um tell folks how they can get involved in the birding community if that's the thing they want to do yes yes I'm um if you definitely want to get involved in the birding community, I, I ask that you please and come and join uh, the, the Beckham Bird Club. Uh, we usually meet once a month. Um, you can get to learn a lot of the birders around your city and community. Uh, it's a lot of us here and uh, don't mind teaching you and showing you things. Um, you also can get connected with the Louisville Nature Center. They do a lot of programs there, definitely for kids. Mm-hmm. I mean, God's is just a wonderful place to go and learn about nature and birds and turtles, reptiles. Uh, the Louisville Nature Center does a whole lot. Uh, wonderful place to get involved with and to go. Um, the Audubon Society, sign up with the Audubon Society. They do a wonderful uh, programs and stuff with birds. Um, also fish and wildlife you know fish and wildlife does a lot of programs I do lots of stuff with fish and wildlife um, you know I'm a person that loves bats too we do a program um, where we go out and ban bats 
Uh, we didn't do it this year due cost of COVID. Uh, but if you want to learn more about bets, uh, Fish and Wildlife has a wonderful program for that. And we go out to Georgetown, different places with caves, and catch the bats and ban them. Uh, they also do a thing called Goose Roundup. You can go to their website and you'll <laughs> see my photo and me all over there for the Goose Roundup. And we catch we catch the mm-hmm. geese uh, when they moat in and can't fly. And we teach you how to sex them, how to tell their sex, how to ban them, how to tell uh, if it's an adult or a juvenile. Uh, so um, wonderful programs with so many programs all around um, uh, Louisville uh, to learn about uh, birds and birding. Um, I, I teach a lot uh, at Cave Hill, uh, waterfowl uh, with the geese. Um, I usually do a program with the eggs, teaching the kids about the eggs and incubating the eggs mm-hmm. and stuff. And we will go down to the lakes and collect the eggs and stuff and teach you how many shells there are to an egg. There's a whole lot that you can learn just from an egg alone and get to kindle them and look inside to see how the veins, the spider veins de- develop around the eggs. Lots of programs in our city. That's one thing I love about this wonderful city of Louisville. We have so many educational programs out there and it's not hard to look or to find. Um, uh, you just ask somebody. Uh, listen to a broadcast like Ask this. Us. I mean, Here we are. Uh, there are programs. You hear me? There are so many, and, and we love having new people come. And 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 a lot of the stuff is free of charge. It doesn't even cost you anything. Uh, just you just want to learn and get and get educated. And you always want to seek out your bird clubs if there's any in in your city, wherever you at. If you want to get into birds, but. Please join any of these these programs. Uh, yeah, get involved. That's one thing I can tell you. Get involved. Get excited. Uh, learn the animals and birds that are in your backyard. <laughs> Wonderful, Lee. Thank you so much. Thank you, Erin. I'll Love talk you. to you God soon. Bless you. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Me <laughs> too. Bye. Thank you, as always, to Lee for his time and the generosity of sharing his knowledge with all of us. I encourage you to go find him on Facebook and to follow along with his adventures throughout the year. Um, He's just a fascinating person, as you've figured out by now. Um, If you would like to join the Beckham Bird Club or check out what that's about, you're going to go to BeckhamBirdClub.org. Get signed in. The Audubon Society is relatively easy to find as well. Um, the Louisville Nature Center, the Conservation District, all of this is available to you. Um, These programs are really affordable. If you don't have binoculars, we can figure that out as well. Also, I'm happy to report that as of today, which is January 31st, 2021, cotton and snow have returned. Be well, friends.